Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas on Tuesday, August the 22nd. And welcome to our commentary. We're going to talk today a little bit about President uh, Biden in Hawaii, a little bit about the GOP strategy for this debate uh, coming up. But I want to begin by um, pointing out that I have a post over at the American Thinker today regarding the news. We just got some news, I guess, a few weeks ago that the White House uh, was selling all of those materials that I guess had been purchased for the construction of the wall. And the White House decided to put them for sale, which is pretty stupid. They had already been paid for. So the, these materials were sitting there on the border and the White House decided to put them for sale, which is, again, uh, pretty stupid. And I guess they did it because, uh, or their reasoning was, that the, constructing the border wall would not enhance national security. That's their official position. Well, I, I don't think too many people believe that, given the state of our border right now. I mean, it, it, it's crazy what's happening now on the border with a number of people who've come in. Just look at the situation in, in New York City, where you have thousands of people literally living on the streets because uh, New York doesn't have resources for all of these migrants. So uh, I think this is a huge mistake by the White House. I don't know if there's anything that the Congress can do about it. Um, I don't know. That's something I'm looking into. But that money had already been appropriated, if I understand. Now, some of it was private money, I think. And that may be another, another issue altogether. So the White House decided to not to continue building the wall, and they decided to put all those materials for sale. Well, I guess that just means that if you're looking for some materials to build your, your fence or border wall in your house, uh, check out uh, the White House. They may have some excess uh, inventory. Well, let's talk a little bit about President Biden in Hawaii. Now, look, it is completely normal for the president and here recently the president and the first lady to go down to a, a place where there's been a, a tragedy like this and to, you know, show empathy and compassion and so on for, for the citizens of that area. Now, interesting, interesting because the president did not go to Ohio last January when they had that train derailment uh, that put a bunch of people out of their homes. He didn't go to that one. He didn't find time for that one. But he did go after a little a little conversation in the media. He did go to Hawaii, and that's okay. That's what presidents do. So far, so good. But he gets there, and first of all, he cracks some stupid jokes about walking, how hot the ground was. I mean, that's a stupid, a stupid joke. But I think the, the whole thing that, that must have people dumbfounded is when the president of the United States trying to connect with people. Now, remember, we're talking here about people who've lost hundreds of their relatives, neighbors, family, you know, community people. There are, I saw a thousand people who are still missing. I don't know what happened to them, but to assume that maybe they drowned or they were burned, I don't know. I have no idea, but they're missing. They're missing. So the president of the United States goes to this community and he starts talking. 
And he starts talking about how he understands how they feel. Because back in 2004, there had been like a little fire at his home. And he even goes as far as to say that he even lost his wife, his Corvette, and a cat because of that fire. Well, no, no, that, that is a, a complete, that's a complete lie. We have police reports and press reports about that fire. And in fact, uh, I have a post uh, coming out Monday morning, and you can read the entire uh, report, uh, police report about that. What happened at his home is that there was like uh, a little fire. It got to the kitchen. There was no significant damage done. The fire department got there. They took care of it. In 20 minutes, it was done. Uh, and there was no harm. Nobody was hurt. The Corvette was not hurt. The cat was not hurt. And obviously, his wife was not hurt. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't panic because there was a fire in their home. You know, that that I understand. But to somehow bring up that example, when he's talking to a bunch of people who have lost their community, have lost at least until now, at least 100 people are dead, close to 1,000 are missing. And for him to bring that up, it's just absolutely incredible. And you have to wonder what is wrong with him. I mean, is he tone deaf? Or is he just, do we lose him every time he's not reading from a script? If you've noticed that when he's reading from a script, he'll stick to the script. But when he goes off the script, it's God only knows what he's going to say. I mean, nobody knows what he's going to say. And that's kind of what happened here. He went off script. Nobody knew what he was going to say. And he starts reliving this episode in his life about something where apparently his home, his wife, his Corvette were at risk when nothing like that happened. Again, nothing like that happened. Uh, the press reports about the incident are available for anybody who wants to read them. And so again, you really begin to wonder what is wrong with this man? You know, does he lose it? Does he just go off and into all this fiction. And then, of course, I'm looking at the first lady standing there with him, and it's got to be painful for her because I'm sure she knows that he's lying or at least inventing the whole story. So, you know, if you have any doubts about the, the, the mental state of President Biden, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go there, but I can see what I see. I can judge someone by what I see. And this is not the first time he's done this. Uh, he, he does it a lot with uh, his son. His son who served in Iraq. He was not killed in Iraq. He came back to the States, had cancer, and he died of cancer. Now, again, losing your son because of cancer, I'm sure that was a horrific moment for the, the president and his wife. I don't deny any of that. But that's not like telling the mother of a soldier who was killed in Afghanistan that he knows how she feels because his son came back in a casket from Afghanistan or Iraq. I mean, just think of that mother who actually went through that, 
who actually had to go to the airport and pick up her son, that mother, that father, who actually went to the airport to pick up their son coming in a casket from Iraq and Afghanistan. And think of how that must feel for them to hear the president of the United States make up that story. Well, that is becoming quite almost quite normal for this man. Now, the media doesn't seem to pay any attention to it, which is, okay, maybe that's just the way it is. But a lot of people are paying attention to it, and I think it's pretty frightening what is happening to uh, to President, uh, President Biden. Well, the Republicans have a debate on Wednesday night in Milwaukee on Fox News. Again, I think it's way too early to have these debates. I think it's way too early to have these televised debates, debates but I you know, but they have them. They had them in 2015. They had them in, I guess the Democrats had them in, in 2019. So everybody has them. It's part of the part of the way it is right now. And President Trump is not going to be there, which means that these candidates are going to have to try to figure out what to do without, without President Trump. Um, exactly what they do, I don't know. But if they were asking my opinion, what I would tell any of the candidates, whether it's DeSantis, uh, whoever, uh, Vice President Pence, whoever the candidate is, what I would say to them is, look at the, if, if anybody's asking you about Trump, look at the question or the, or the moderator and say, look, why are you asking me about Trump? He's not here. Why don't we talk about other issues? And I think the more that this debate gets away from Trump and starts talking about real issues, affecting people, whether it's the economy, inflation, which is a big problem, the energy crisis, which is a big problem, and lots of other issues, the border, which is a big problem. I think the more that these candidates start talking about these issues, the better it's going to be for them. Because if all they do is spend the whole night talking about Trump, then that only benefits Trump. But if they talk about the issues, I think that will put them in the, in, in the you know, in the homes of millions of people who are going to tune in, you know, a lot of people don't know who these candidates are. I mean, I'm familiar with DeSantis and Vice President Pence, of course, but a lot of the others, I mean, Senator Scott, I'm a little familiar with, but a lot of the others, frankly, not that many people know about. So this is a great opportunity for them to project a policy and to really talk about what they want to do for the country in policy terms. I think it's a great opportunity for them to do that. And if we're talking about Trump all night, then obviously Trump wins. But if we're talking about policy, then hopefully one of these candidates can stand out uh, with the American with the American people. Quick, on this day in history, 1989, Nolan Ryan uh, got to number 5,000 strikeouts. Again, it had never happened before and likely will never happen again. 5,000 strikeouts is such a number that it's just hard to see if I don't, I for sure don't think that we will ever see it again. 5,000 strikeouts means that you've got to strike out 250 batters over 20 years just to get to 5,000. I mean, it's almost uh, inconceivable that anybody will do that. Nolan Ryan did it. Actually, Nolan Ryan got to 5,700 because he pitched uh, a couple of more seasons after that. So the great Nolan Ryan got number 5,000 on this day in 1989, and the batter was the one and only Ricky Henderson, who struck out for number 5,000. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.